Welcome to another podcast by Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter. This podcast is part of our Professional and Employability Development Series and is titled The Seven Skills of Dialogue. Dialogue is a much used term. It seems that it is often used as a synonym for conversation. While this is in part accurate, dialogue is in fact a form of conversation that is distinct from other forms of conversation. The attached document, the Dialogue Continuum, as part of our blog, positions dialogue at the opposite end of the conversation continuum to debate. At the left-hand end we have debate, we then have polite discussion. Next to that we have skillful discussion. At the far right-hand end of the continuum we have dialogue. It is important to note that debate, polite discussion, skillful discussion and dialogue are all legitimate forms of conversation. Our perspective is that most people are highly skilled at both debate and polite discussion and poorly skilled at skillful discussion and dialogue. Debating is when each person in a conversation has a view that is unmoving and they seek to sell their view or to beat down opposing views until their view wins. People often use their positional power to win debates which is one of the reasons why many people become very skilled at debating within organisations. Polite discussion is when people have the appearance of agreeing with a particular view, but do not actually support the view. For a range of personal, cultural and organisational reasons, people choose not to be honest. Instead, they nod their heads in agreeance or acceptance, but then let others know when they are in the office kitchen or through their behaviour that they really hold a different view. Often their view is represented by the fact that they don't do whatever action they've agreed to do because in fact they don't agree with that action, yet they sat in the meeting nodding their head. Our perspective is that polite discussion is a damaging form of conversation and should be minimised as much as possible. At least in a debate, people's positions are clear. With polite discussion, no one other than the person themselves knows their true position. Skillful discussion is what most of us achieve when we are trying to use the skills associated with dialogue. It is a highly productive form of conversation and is the result of the generally low dialogue skills that most of us possess. Like most skills, if we haven't practiced them very much throughout our lives, we tend to be fairly poor at executing them when we first begin to use those skills. However, Many of the benefits of dialogue such as learning, deeper insights, innovation, shared understanding and a deeper understanding of vision, purpose and values can be achieved through skillful discussion. In other words, it is a highly desirable form of communication which demonstrates the value in practicing these skills even when we may be poor at them. And it is one of the reasons why we advocate learning dialogue as a team. And with many of the organisations with whom we work, we actually have the team of executives or other level team members working together to practice these skills in a a safe environment as much as anything else. Dialogue is a form of conversation where people genuinely try to access different perspectives to enable a new understanding to emerge. Unlike debate, dialogue seeks to discover a new meaning that was not previously held by any of the participants in the dialogue. While difficult to achieve, the seven skills of dialogue can be practiced at any time. So you don't have to be in a dialogue to practice the various seven skills of dialogue. Through practice, dialogue skills can significantly enhance skillful discussion and dialogue itself when the opportunity arises. And not only that, your general communication skills will be significantly advanced by being able to use the seven skills of dialogue. 
even if you're only just using one of those skills at any particular time, such as listening. The seven skills of dialogue are deep listening, respecting others, inquiry, voicing openly, balancing advocacy and inquiry, suspending assumptions and judgments, and finally, reflecting. Each of these skills is explained below. The first skill, deep listening. In its most simple form, deep listening derives from the conscious choice to listen. It involves quietening the voice in our heads so that we can hear the true story of the person to whom we are listening. As we listen to understand the whole story, we literally stay quiet and just listen. In exercises that we conduct on listening, people often report that they are amazed at how much they can hear when they know that all they have to do is listen. Instead of readying themselves for their turn to speak, the listener focuses on understanding the speaker. Deep listening can occur anywhere, anytime. It could be with a team member while walking down a corridor. It might be with a customer in a busy department store or on the telephone. It might even be with our own partners. Imagine the difference that enhanced listening could make in that domain. The common element in all deep listening examples is the genuine choice to listen. It is both powerful and important if deep listening is to occur, and can be as simple as saying to yourself, all I'm going to do is listen, and at the end of this person speaking, I'm going to do my very best to paraphrase back to them what they said, plus anything that they may have meant or said or I just picked up subconsciously between the lines from what they meant, so there was more meaning than just the words coming out of their mouths. And sometimes that can be a very powerful thing to do. And even if you choose just to listen for 30 seconds, you can be amazed at how much you can hear in that 30 seconds, again, with both what is being said out loud and maybe what is also being meant by the person through their non-verbal communication, as it may be at times. The second skill is respecting others. Voltaire, a French author, humanist, rationalist and satirist, is reported to have said, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. This perspective lies at the very heart of respecting others. Clearly this is particularly difficult to do when we interact with people with whom we have contrasting views to our own. Practicing this dialogue skill therefore becomes imperative if we are to develop the true capacity to dialogue. While respecting others does not mean that you have to agree with them, it does mean that you will allow them the time and space to have their say and you will see it as a perspective that while you may not even understand it, it is a perspective that is valid in the context that it contributes, even if only in a small way, to our overall understanding of the complete picture of whatever is our area of focus at the time. Now, take for example management and union negotiations. If management and union people don't respect each other, it makes it very, very difficult to actually hear what they're saying without trying to debate against it all the time. At the end of the day, both perspectives are valid and they need to be understood in the context of the whole organisation. The third dialogue skill that we will talk about is inquiry. And this is the capacity to ask genuine questions. As such, it encourages the use of open questions that enhance our understanding of different perspectives or assist in the deeply held mental models that lie behind many perspectives to come to the surface. The blog, The Art of Skillful Questions, provides a range of insights and suggestions to assist with developing improved questioning skills. The fourth skill is voicing openly or known as advocacy. Many of us are quite talented in this skill, or at least in part of it. Voicing openly is the capacity to say what you think and to be able to explain why you think what you think. 
Unfortunately, many people struggle to share their view. All views, if they exist, are important for the development of a true understanding of a situation. If those views are not shared, then a part of the picture is missing, which is why voicing is so important in the context of dialogue. And there are some cultures where it is very difficult for people to share their views for a whole range of cultural reasons. In the Western context, the capacity to share your view is an expectation of employers, and that's why it's an important skill to develop. The fifth skill of dialogue is suspending assumptions and judgments. The capacity to explain why we hold the views that we hold lies at the very heart of suspending assumptions and judgments. Much like we hang our clothes out on a line for them to dry, suspending means that we hang out our reasons for our views. This allows people to look at them, question them, and therefore assist us in developing a deeper understanding of our perspectives. To suspend your assumptions and judgments illustrates a willingness to be vulnerable, which is a key attribute of servant leaders, and you might like to see our blogs or podcasts on servant leadership. Should we discover that our views are actually not useful through the act of having suspended them before others, we have the opportunity to adopt new ones. This experience is often described as true learning. The sixth skill of dialogue is balancing voicing or advocacy and inquiry. And this is as simple and complex as balancing sharing our view and why we have it with asking genuine questions to better understand another person's view or to allow the group to talk about issues that will enhance the whole group's collective understanding of a topic. To practice this skill involves using all the skills listed above, deep listening, respecting others, inquiry, voicing openly and suspending assumptions and judgments. Even if the other people with whom you are conversing are not trying to dialogue, practicing this skill significantly enhances the quality of your contribution to the conversation. People will notice your enhanced communication skills because of the quality of the conversations within which you participate will be enhanced by your contributions to them. And the final skill of dialogue is reflecting. Our fast-paced world offers little time to reflect. However, the capacity to reflect is a big rock, and you might like to see the blog The Rocks in the Jar, and enhances our communication skills and capacity to dialogue through considering how we have just practiced our skills. In team environments, it is worth holding a reflection at the end of an attempted dialogue to recognize where the skills of dialogue were used effectively and where they could be improved. You might like to see the blog Conducting an End of Meeting Reflection because it provides some pointers for such a conversation. In summary, people often recognise that practising dialogue is not easy, and it really isn't. But the various skills of dialogue can be practised at any time in any form of communication, and providing they are used for the purpose of genuinely enhancing communication, practising these skills will provide immense benefits for all involved and will result in improved team and group performance. Once again, if you'd like to have some personal coaching or team development in the area of dialogue, please contact us at orgsthatmatter.com. You may wish to also join our online learning environment at studentsthatmatter.ning.com. Once again, this is Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter, and thank you for listening.